0: Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com.
1: L-A-S-I-K, LASIK
0: Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate?
3: in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there, everyone, and welcome
0: to Tech Stuff. This is Jonathan Strickland. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And you know what? There's something that we like to do every year. Uh, and then there's also these prediction shows that we do. So every year we do on Tech Stuff a prediction about what's going to happen in the world of technology over the course of the following 12 months. Jonathan despises doing this. And it's not so much that I despise it. It's just that uh, I dread it. Um, I-, I love making the predictions. <laughs> I dread this time of year where we take the predictions we made 12 months ago. And, and then we judge
4: ourselves harshly.
0: Yeah, we do a report card. If you remember in past episodes uh, when it was me and Chris, I-, I-, I would get all check marks and Chris got all X's. But I understand we have a different grading system this time that involves uh, some form of Sea life. So I guess we'll have to judge how well we do as we go
3: along. We'll
4: work it out as we go. Um this was actually one of the first episodes that I recorded with Tech Stuff and listening back to it was pretty embarrassing. And so I want to say thank you to everyone who has continued listening to Tech Stuff despite the fact that you had to hear my learning curve.
0: No, oh, considering that you had never podcast before, really, uh I don't think it was, you know, dreadful or anything. So you're being really hard on yourself.
4: I no no no. That that's but that's but that's a good indicator for this episode to come.
0: Yes, yes. We are now going to uh, take a look at the predictions we made and say what happened. So now w- both of us made a, a bunch of pretty safe predictions, or at least what seemed like what safe seemed ones at the time. What seemed safe
4: at the time. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, I think uh we haven't discussed when we're going to do our, our predictions for 2014. We are planning on doing that. But I, I think I might go a little more crazy next time, because some of the ones when I went back over them, I'm like, well, geez, Jonathan, thanks for uh, predicting that if you go into the water, you will get wet. Yeah, um, yeah. Your first one is a little bit like that. Yeah, and my first one was that mobile web browsing would outpace desktop browsing. Uh, now, granted, this was one of those things that seemed pretty pretty sure based upon was, the trends. It was right
4: on the edge at yeah. the end of 2012, but it hadn't actually pushed over, which it really pretty promptly did in 2013.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, it didn't take very long. And uh, in, in the way that there are different ways of measuring this, obviously... Uh, but Comscore, which is often cited as one of the analyst uh, companies that will look into this sort of stuff, the way they looked at it is they looked at mobile web browsing when it came to online shopping. And they discovered that uh, online shopping you, through mobile was being done like 55% of the time and that the other 45% were PCs. So if you look at it just from a shopping standpoint, uh, mobile browsing overtook PCs and they, they extrapolate to say that other types of browsing follow suit based upon the, the online shopping model. Uh, out of that 55%, uh, most of that, 44% of that was, uh, from smartphones and the other 11% of that was from tablets. So even with online shopping, smartphones are still outpacing tablets when it comes to that particular version of mobile web browsing. So anyway, it appears that, uh, this prediction was pretty much true. So yay, yay me. I, so according to our new scoring system, I get two squids and an ink sack. That's pretty good. Okay. All right. That's uh, not bad. I, 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 okay. I guess. All right. So Lauren, what was your first prediction?
4: My first prediction was that laptop sales would make a comeback while desktop sales continued to decline and that tablets um, wouldn't perform as well as as they had been,
0: like it'll slow down. That, that,
4: that it would kind of slow down and even out as people realized that they needed more um, power and practicality right. sure. than tablets could really provide. Um, and I was pretty wrong. <laughs> I was not correct about that.
0: Well, to be fair, there were a lot of factors that went into making this a complicated issue. One of which was uh, something that will factor into another prediction, which I would say is Windows 8. Windows 8, I think, actually discouraged people from getting laptops.
4: Yeah, it did way more poorly than I think anyone expected it at the end of 2012 to do.
0: Yeah. Uh, A lot of companies had declines that continued in both desktop and laptop sales, Uh, although one company started to make up some ground in market share, from what I understand. Apple... Apples have always been trailing behind like Windows-based PCs when it comes to market share, particularly in the U.S., but in 2013, they hit 12 percent of the market share, and some analysts were saying that they have the potential to get up to 20 percent of the market in the near future, which would be a huge coup for Apple.
4: Yeah. Um uh, Well, 2013 was actually the first year since 2003 that Mac sales dropped, but their laptops are outselling their desktops three to one.
0: Yeah. Which not a big surprise because it wasn't until recently that the the desktops got a major update.
4: Yeah. According to NPD, desktop and laptop sales fell by five and two percent, respectively, during the the whole back to school 2013 season as opposed to in 2012. Ouch. Yeah. Um, which is supposedly, you know, it, it's Usually the biggest time that computers see sales. Yeah, back, back ish.
0: to, yeah, back to school and the holiday shopping season are like the two most important times of the year for most laptop.
4: Uh, however, those declines were mild compared to the rest of the year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sa- sales each quarter, um, according to Gartner were down about 10% um, e- e- each quarter compared with each quarter last year. Yikes. So, but the tablet market is still growing. Um, it, it, well, I mean, OK, it is slowing a little bit. I mm-hmm. wasn't completely wrong about no. it flattening a little. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's over 36 percent growth, which is not insignificant.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, but, you know, you also have to look like the tablet market is still smaller than the overall PC market. So when they grow, the percentages are larger, right? Like, like if you if you sell two units and then the next year you sell... 8 units that percentage growth is huge. If you're selling 200 million units and the next year you sell 250 million units, that relative growth is small. So it's oh, all a right. numbers And game the two.
4: tablet market really didn't exist until what was it, 2009 when yeah. the first iPad came out? Yeah, so. I mean,
0: yeah, the the previous tablets had not really had any consumer penetration at all. So uh, yeah, it's, but it is, it does look like it's starting to mature, like it's starting to slow down. Mm-hmm. So, I, I agree that you were right on that one. So, um, I'm gonna give you, uh, I'm giving you a squid and a half, but you also apparently get a squid squeaky toy. I don't know what that means. Ooh, that sounds fun. Okay. Um, I got, uh, my next prediction was enterprises will resist adopting Windows 8. Another gimme, um, because, I mean, any time a new operating system comes out, enterprises are going to lag behind consumers, even if the operating system is is received with great joy and love.
4: Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, enterprises have, companies have whole systems that are based upon a single operating system right. and changing them all over is time consuming and there's testing involved and it's expensive and uh, scary. Yeah, so. you
0: never know if it's going to work and, and then you end up having made an investment and then... Uh, you eat the expense if it doesn't work out. So not a big surprise. Uh, what was kind of interesting to me was that Windows 8 did seem to be a little bit of a, of an albatross. Like, uh, it didn't get a lot of love f- f- from uh, many people. Like a lot of people really didn't like that operating system when it came out. And like I said, it may have even contributed to that, uh, to people resisting purchasing a new notebook. So that's not. Great, but um, Um,
4: but uh, but 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 good call.
0: Yeah, yeah, on that
4: one. Um, do you do you have do you have a?
0: I'm looking. I'm consulting my squid uh profile here. According to this, I don't get a squid, but I get a squib. So if you shoot me, then I get the little bitty pop noise. Yeah, like in an action movie. So that's something. Do some tentacles come out along with the blood? With me, yes. Excellent. Yes, it's mostly because where I ate lunch. Well,
4: <laughs> I'm not even going to ask about that. So my second prediction was that um, uh, touchscreens would be integrated into more products, including most laptops and um,
0: and, and displays. displays, yeah, like things like uh, that, uh, th- like a secondary display for your computer or even a main display for your computer. That was that was. You you were you were, I think, being very optimistic. I was. And I think I think the trend is definitely there.
4: I think it's there. And I and it definitely didn't happen this year. I think it's going to happen in the next, like, two years. I think I was being way too optimistic.
0: But still, the trend is obviously there. I mean, because people have grown to love the whole touchscreen experience it's just a question of does that translate to the laptop and desktop experience? And can you create something that's compelling enough to make that a reason for you to have that feature in your, in your device? Everyone was hoping that Windows 8 was going to be that thing. It was not. It was not that thing. And the new Mac OS is kind of also not that thing. That's not something that Apple has moved toward yet, mm-hmm. but it's still a possibility. To, and it's not like, it's not like people weren't including them. There were lots of. Of models out there that did include them.
4: Uh Yeah, according to NPD, about 11% of all notebooks shipped in 2013 had touchscreens, which um sounds like a relatively small number until you think about the fact that before 2013, basically none yeah, were.
0: Yeah, hardly any, like some at the very tail end of 2012, just mm-hmm. leading into CES. And uh yeah, so that's actually quite a, a large number. I mean, that's a big gamble for a company to do is to invest in that kind of new technology, because that's going to impact everything that that product encounters from that moment on, right? Mm-hmm. So um, so 11% is actually pretty big. And it all depended upon which company you're talking about. They had different numbers.
4: Uh Yeah, I think Sony had a lot, didn't they?
0: Yep. 17.6% of all notebooks they shipped were equipped with touchscreens. However, um, they did not make up uh, a majority of the actual touchscreens on the market, whereas Lenovo... Uh, they only had 7.4% of all of their laptops shipping with touchscreens. Uh,
4: but they, um, they accounted for 14.7% of the touchscreen laptop market share.
0: Yeah. So in other words, Lenovo had, if you look at all the stuff they offered, a smaller percentage of it had touchscreens, but they made up the majority of the touchscreens based upon other companies
4: that people were buying. Yeah. Yeah. So that um, might mean
0: that Lenovo's, you know, were cheaper. Yeah. They, they were more attuned to their customers. A.K.A. cheaper. Yes.
4: That is usually what that means. Um, so, uh, so what, are, what are we, what are we going to give me according to our squid valuation system?
0: You get a sucker. Uh, not a tentacle sucker, but like a lollipop sucker. Oh, like sucker. a lollipop? It's squid flavored. Yeah. That's what you get. Uh, moving on. I'm failing to
4: see how that's a positive.
0: You no, know, you know, it all depends on whether or not you like squid. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, calamari pops. It's the newest thing. So the next part I uh, another gimme <laughs> oh, man I'm going to have to stick my neck out more next year. <laughs> I I'm reading these and just like how lamed could I get? I said that the the NFC near field communication would not receive wide adoption in the United States partly because Apple would not play ball. In other words, Apple was not going to incorporate NFC in its next iPhone. Uh, I'll have more to say about their next iPhone shortly, Mm -hmm. but I said that NFC just wasn't going to get any traction in the United States on a meaningful level.
4: And indeed it did not.
0: No, because, uh, again, Apple did not include it. And I think that's a huge part of it is that, you know, without without Apple getting on board, there's uh you know, that's. That's big. No, that's a that's a sizable percentage of the smartphone population. Yeah, when some
4: forty percent of your smartphone population can't use a, the a, technology, a gadget, then... Yeah.
0: yeah, then you're like, well, why would I invest in this if potential, especially if you've made the determination that perhaps your customers happen to be iPhone customers, right? And you're like, well, I could spend hundred thousand dollars retrofitting my 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 vending so that I can take advantage of this, but if ninety percent of my clientele don't use it, then that's just a waste of money. So that, and
4: uh, yeah, and the reasons the reasons for this, I mean, are are basically what we talked about yeah. in that episode. It's it's the, the cost of implementation, mm-hmm. the the concern um,
0: about security. Uh-huh, That's d- a big one.
4: Oh, sure. Uh, the you know, the, the lack of consumer awareness about it. I mean, if you haven't been to Europe recently here in the U.S. Yeah. And you're, you're from the U.S. Yeah. then
0: Yeah. You don't even know like you might not even be aware that this is a possibility. I mean, people who have been. Using things like I've got a Nexus 4 phone and that has an NFC chip in it. I've Mm -hmm. got a Nexus 7 tablet and that has an NFC chip in it. I have never used either of those products with the NFC. So, but I'm aware of it because I, I own two of them, mm-hmm. but I, even I haven't used them.
4: Uh, and, uh, and even vendors not realizing the benefit yeah. that they would have of getting that kind of thing out there. Right.
0: So, so there are a lot of things that, you know, challenges that have to be overcome before we see this become something that, uh, actually is, is in widespread use in the United States. So that's a gimme. Um, according to this, I get, uh, just a beak. I think it's from a squid. I got to make better predictions. We
4: we, we really need to talk to to this uh, squid referral provider.
0: It's it's stuff to blow your minds, Robert. I don't know what he's been going through. Apparently, he got really upset when we suggested that perhaps he was leaving human teeth around the office.
4: Yeah, there was. So uh, this is a tangent, you guys. But but I found like a little plastic baggie of of what appears to be human teeth in one of our conference rooms, just sitting on the on the tray of our whiteboard. Yeah. Like, just hanging like, out.
0: Like you do. I mean, you they're,
4: they're clean looking.
0: And Robert claims he didn't do it, but he would have been my number one suspect.
4: <laughs> I personally blame Matt and Actually, Ben. Actually, Matt is
0: right here. Matt is sitting in for us, and he's staring at us with creepy eyes, but... Technically, those were just Matt's eyes. So, and he's <laughs> nodding slowly. All right. Well, anyway, let's get back to uh, another one of your your, uh, suggest- uh, your suggestions, your predictions. Yes,
4: my next prediction was that the Internet of Things would become more of a thing, um, with more interconnected systems taking off.
0: Yeah. And commercially speaking. This is this is accurate. There we oh, saw we saw a few launched.
4: I think I think that you're more willing to give me that one than I am. Um I mean I've I've kind of incidentally seen a lot of seen and heard a lot of commercials for mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. I haven't um been able to find any numbers of the num of, of who's of adoption, adopting it yeah. yet. Um but the fact that it's a product that more people have access to is pretty nifty.
0: Yeah, it used to be that you were only only like bleeding edge adopters who had ridiculous amounts of money and uh and we're willing to go through a contractor to get home automation only they who had access to this kind of stuff we're just now starting to see it enter into the consumer marketplace where the average person can go into like a hardware store and buy stuff that has internet of things capabilities like uh, the Nest thermostat came out with a new model this year mm-hmm. and they came out with a new smoke detector this year so we're seeing it more and more i personally happen to have internet connected light bulbs so i can turn my lights on and off wherever i am that's awesome yeah so uh it's too bad i I should do the thing they did in the big bang theory where i create a lamp that has one of these bulbs in it and then just give the internet access to it and they can turn the lamp on and off whenever they want
4: that sounds like a project of terror to me personally it could be
0: interesting i could end up getting morse code (laughs) But I, I have not done that internet, so don't expect to find it right now. But you know, I do have. I mean, so right maybe, maybe let us
4: know whether or not you're interested.
0: Yeah, maybe I'm biased about the Internet of Things because I'm I'm you're technically technically yeah. an early adopter. Yeah.
4: yeah. Uh, well, I mean, okay. Predictions from both Cisco and intelligence estimate that the decade long growth of the technology will 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 be ninefold. Um, and that's, that's big. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm still, I am still saying that I was a little bit premature on
0: this one. All right. Well, you're, you are your own harsh, harshest critic, right? I am. Yeah, you get for that six squid, but they all are, lo- uh, occupying the exact same space at the exact same time. So it's uh terror to look at. So don't look at it for too long or you will lose your sanity.
4: I I think that I spent all morning looking at that. Is that a bad thing? Yeah.
0: You know, I looked right into the trap, Ray. Uh, all right, so um let's go on to my next one. I said that there will be a new iPhone, but it will be an incremental improvement and not a huge departure from the previous generation of iPhones. So the iPhone 5, I said it wasn't going to be a big change from iPhone 5. Depending upon how you look at it, you might agree or disagree with that.
4: I'm willing to give you this one because I think that the I mean, yes, there were some some big bits to the, to the 5S and the 5C. Yeah. More the 5S. Right. Yeah.
0: The 5C was more or less the five, but in different colors.
4: Right. Um Yeah, a casing does not count as an upgrade. That is exactly the sort of thing that you were talking about in, yeah. in your and, – and I think that if it had just been the 5C released, then you wouldn't find uh your your win or fail debate. Yeah,
0: it wouldn't be – yeah, wouldn't it wouldn't be a there'd debate be, at all. That would be clear. And, and to be fair, it's funny because in that episode, if you go back and listen to it, Lauren, you refer to it as you – know, it's probably going to be like an iPhone 5S, which is exactly what they called it. And so that also indicates from Apple that it is not a huge jump because they didn't right. call it the iPhone 6. Right. So I guess, you know, that kind of fits in there. Obviously, anyone who's followed the iPhone news, you are all aware of this. So um, on that one, it looks like I'm getting a Technicolor squid, mostly because of the cases. So that's kind right.
4: of cute. Lots, Lots of squids come in Technicolor, actually.
0: Yeah, well, you know, they do when I'm done with them. That's for sure.
4: Not positive what that means.
0: Neither do I. Let's move on to the next one. Okay.
4: Right. Um. Uh. I predicted that Apple. Uh, speaking. Speaking of Apple, that Apple would hold on to its share of the mobile market, and that Android would be in second place. And this was. Um, uh, Apple was holding 48% of the mobile market share at the time of the podcast. Um, due to the iPhone 5 release, it was, it was up from about 40% or so. Right.
0: And, and Google had dropped down to below what, uh, Apple had. It was somewhere in the 40 range.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was so wrong. Um, I was really completely wrong, you guys. Uh, cause according to ComScore, uh, Apple had a 40.6% of the U.S. market.
0: And Google had 51.8%. Mm-hmm. And Blackberry was down to 3.8. Ouch. Boy, Blackberry. Aww. But we, neither of us made any predictions for Blackberry this, for this past year. But, uh. I
4: think, I think it's because you were too depressed to. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, to go there. I never owned, my wife owned a Blackberry once, but I never owned a Blackberry. But, you know, it's one of those companies that I really wanted to see turn it around because yeah. uh, obviously more competition benefits everybody ultimately. Uh, but yeah, they've just had such a rough time of it, but. Despite the fact that, you know, Apple fell in market share, they still are the dominant hardware because Apple makes its own mobile sets. right? Oh, yeah.
4: By far dominant in hardware. So
0: they have 40.6 percent. You know, that 40.6 percent is for the operating system. Uh, they also is for the hardware because Apple makes both the operating system and the hardware, whereas Google just makes the operating system. And um, unless you're and you can consider Motorola Google, too, since they acquired it. But
4: but there are dozens upon
0: hundreds of, of, yeah, there's, of yeah. there's a new one every 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 darn week. <laughs> he said <laughs> self-editing. Yeah, there's a new one every darn week. And and so when you look at the actual hardware, Apple is the dominant player in the mobile market space market market space, marketplace, there are words that Jonathan can say. You know what? Jonathan's going to say a lot more words, but Jonathan's going to wait to say those words for the second half of our podcast, and we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsor. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change.
2: AT&T Fiber, live like a man. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details.
0: Okay, we're back, and you know what? We're not done with Apple yet. So, uh, uh, all all the all the people who are on one side of the camp or the other can yell at us. <laughs> so, I welcome that. I welcome the yelling. But they're
4: they're they're a big company.
0: We we like. And they're very influential as it turns out. Mm-hmm. So my next prediction was that the next versions of iOS and macOS will be similar to one another, but the two would not yet merge into a single operating system across multiple platforms. Cause you know, we're seeing this sort of, you know, one of my favorite words in the world, convergence between the synergy, synergy syzygy wait no that's something else so we're seeing uh, uh we're not seeing the plants come into alignment but we are seeing these operating systems get closer and closer to one another so that you have kind of a smooth transition across multiple platforms so that if you're using an apple phone and then you switch over to an apple laptop or an apple desktop that that transition is fairly uh seamless it's not to the point where the operating systems are identical and i said that that was not going to happen this year and i was right but um
4: I think, you know, I think that you might have overstated how similar the next. Yeah, uh, I don't,
0: I don't think they got as similar as I, in my mind, they were more similar, they were going to be more similar than they've turned out to be. I
4: think that you were basing this on, on the Windows 8. Model. Yes, and I think that part of part of why it didn't happen is that Apple looked at how Windows eight performed and, and said, yeah. "Whoa, and oh no, and, thank you." And I
0: think Apple may have come to a conclusion that it's just two different, it's two separate sets yeah. of things that you need to be able to do with these different types of hardware, and therefore right. there's no need to make it the same mm-hmm. thing. Absolutely. Whereas Microsoft doesn't seem to follow that. Microsoft's like, "No, we want the same approach for everything." And, you know, it's one of those arguments that keeps getting batted around. It's not saying that one is obviously better than the other. It all depends on the implementation as well. Uh, sure. So if you make crappy OS, then that's not going to help you whether it, whether you make a crappy OS for your mobile handset or for the desktop.
4: Sure. Uh, something about the OS that we could not have in any way predicted.
0: was, was... That, Well, two things.
4: Huh. My favorite is the naming departure.
0: Right. The, the naming departure was a big one. It, the, the latest one is not named after a kitty cat. Uh It is big, big cats. Yeah. I I think that most I was really thinking it was going to be Mac OS 10 Snuggles. It was just going to be they're just going to go with names that would be cute for kittens. I
4: guess Mavericks could be the name of a cute kitten, I
0: guess. So, yeah, Mac OS 10 Mavericks is the that's the name. And also it was a free upgrade. You didn't have to pay right. for it. Yeah, that was that was what really shocked me. I mm-hmm. mean, depart, despite the uh the the first shock of it not being named after a big cat. So, uh yeah, it was a free upgrade, and uh, you could run more and more iOS apps on that operating system. So that's a little bit like what I said, but it's not exactly what I had envisioned. So, no. yeah, according to this, I get a tiny model of Cthulhu, which I can find sitting on my desk. Actually, that's totally true. Uh, that's why I've got it. I didn't realize that.
4: This list was made by Robert. That's yeah, I crazy. guess so.
0: All right. Well, I mean, that's squid-ish. All right, so let's go back to you.
4: Uh, yeah, um, I, I predicted that the new consoles would not have impressive sales initially, um, and that the Xbox One would outsell the PS4 like, like crazy pants party time.
0: Yeah. Well, to be fair, it's still early. Because we are recording this, by the way, in early December twenty thirteen, which that means the the holiday shopping is still in full swing.
4: Um okay. No, you're you're being you're being too kind because <laughs> both the PS four and the Xbox One sold a million consoles in twenty four hours. Well
0: they did it under different conditions though. <laughs> which actually doesn't help you. It
4: doesn't help my case.
0: Yeah, because the so... PS four sold a million consoles and was only offered in two countries initially.
4: And uh and
0: Xbox One was offered in thirteen. So yeah. it was a different playing field for both of them. Sony has reported selling 2.1 million of these consoles. Microsoft hasn't said how many it sold, just that it's uh unprecedented. So, yay. But I'm glad that you sold more Xbox Ones than you've ever sold Xbox Ones in the past, considering that you just started selling Xbox Ones.
4: I I, I think that unprecedented is a terrific corporate speech for <laughs> For, for, for,
0: look, pay no attention to this man behind the curtain. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So it does look like the sales have gone really well. Now, one thing that someone pointed out, and I thought this was really interesting, is that you cannot really compare the, the sales of these, this new generation to previous generations, because in previous generations, one of the issues was that the, uh, supply, was never enough to meet the initial demand. So you had Sony selling out of PS3 and Xbox selling out of Xbox 360. You had, you know, shortages in stores and that that kind of colors our perception of how popular these things are because you couldn't get them anywhere. Sure. The Wii um, was the same way.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Although there's, there's a little bit of that going on now. I, I checked on, on Amazon today mm. and uh, you can Currently purchase neither the PS4 nor the Xbox
0: One. Oh, it's just, just put an order in yeah, and then yeah. wait. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So,
4: yeah. I mean, we, we are recording this on uh, December 5th, which is, you know, the week after Thanksgiving. So yeah. that might have something to do with
0: Probably that. Probably had a little to do with it. Yeah. So anyway, they have sold pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know yet which one is going to win out. Uh, it looks like the PS4 is doing really, really well initially. But personally, this is just my own personal perspective neither console right now has a game that i really want to play on it like neither of them have a killer game where i'm like i have got to get this console so i can play that game
4: i think that i think that developers are very smartly uh holding off on on the finalization of games that they know aren't ready to be finalized yet and i think that that's just a wonderful gorgeous thing that we have on this modern um, console platforms yeah. where, where, you know, it, it's it, letting game designers actually design the games that they want to and not, not pushing something to go out early is yeah. we are living in the future, my friends. Any,
0: any time, anytime you have ever had a, uh, uh, an experience of playing a game that obviously had not been finished, it is one of the most frustrating experiences, particularly if you were going into it expecting a great game. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I think it's a better thing. So, uh, I'm personally gonna. I, I have not ordered either. Uh, full disclosure. I, I I expect that I will be buying one of these consoles probably within the next twelve months, and I'm I right now just based on features, not based on games. I am leaning toward the Xbox. Now, really? Yeah. And here, here's why. I think the PlayStation is going to have some amazing independent games on it, and I I want to be able to play those. And that would be like, if you're talking about just games, that lets me lean toward the PS4. But the Xbox One has some really cool uh, voice activation features in it and some Kinect features that originally, I don't think the Kinect was fully ready for prime time when it came out. But the I think impl- it was
4: gimmicky, yeah.
0: The implementation I'm hearing from the Xbox One sounds much more promising to me. Uh, so it what, sounds
4: completely creepy to me, but also very promising. I mean, I mean, I'm blown away by the capacity that they're talking about for I, it. I but love the we idea. We should do, we should do an episode about, yeah, about we'll, the connection. We'll yeah, yeah,
0: you know what? That's enough talking about that. But anyway, according to this, uh, you get a gumball that has melted into the shape of a squid. You get a lot of candy, Lauren. Are you guys sweet tooth?
4: That's, um, I do, but I, that's, it's someone trying to, Poison this podcast with my sugar rush?
0: I have no idea. I mean, it's, you know, I I, I can't make heads or tails out of any of this, mostly because squid don't have tails.
4: I wonder if this has to do with those teeth.
0: Okay. So my next prediction said that Intel will struggle due to customers moving more toward mobile platforms. This is related to my you know, first prediction, obviously. Um, and Intel's certainly had kind of a, a rough year. They tried a lot of different things. They actually created a web-based television platform called OnQ, but OnQ never really took off. And according to CNET, Intel's looking to offload the product now, trying Ouch. to sell it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they were also starting to focus more on enterprise customers, meaning other companies, uh, which, you know, si- similar to what IBM had done in the past where IBM was like, you know what? Maybe we want to get out of the consumer market and just uh, market to other companies as well, because those are the customers that tend to have a stable need for performance PCs. Right. So even if your consumers get a little flaky and they're like, eh, I think I just want to have something I could play, you know, uh, Candy Crush on. That's the game, right?
4: Yes, I keep getting I
0: requests for something called that. I haven't played it. Kenny Crush Saga? I don't know. Anyway. Um,
4: <laughs> Holly can talk to us about that, apparently. Not, not
0: necessary for you to have an Intel machine to play that game, apparently. Um,
4: uh, no. Um, and, and also, like like we said earlier, you know, uh, PC performance is generally dropping. So. Yeah.
0: So Intel, you know, that's their main market. They, they've tried to get into the mobile market, but it hasn't been nearly as successful as some of their competitors. However, they have started to... Develop some interesting chips that should work with Internet of Things style sensors. So it may be that we see Intel bounce back in a emerging industry. Mm-hmm. That is still, you know, just picking up speed.
4: That'd be great to see. And, and yeah, d- d- despite all of this, there's relatively even news on the, on the overall.
0: Yeah, Intel's Q3 earnings in 2013 were pretty much the same as its Q3 earnings in 2012. So it didn't lose ground, but it wasn't gaining ground either. And, you know, I don't know if any of you work for big companies, but usually the the rule of thumb is that they want growth year over year.
4: Generally, so It's not just it's preferred.
0: It's, it's not just profit. It's growth, right? Because profit is profit is number one. You want you want to make more money than you spend.
4: But you want to make more more money.
0: Yes. Than you did before. Before. Yeah. The previous year. You're like, yeah, we made a lot of money. We're going to have to figure out how we're going to make more than that next year. And, you know, it. it I don't know. I find it exhausting. I'm so glad I'm not one of those executives who has to make those kind of decisions.
4: Yeah. So, so I think, I think that that prediction was pretty accurate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. According to this, I get an animated GIF of a squid juggling. That's pretty cute. Okay. All right. Your turn.
4: Uh, my next one was going back to Apple. Um, I, I boldly stated that Apple was going to, this would be the year that they would make a TV.
0: This was the Chris Paulette, uh, suggestion. This was the Chris Paulette prediction because Chris, if you guys are longtime listeners to tech stuff, you probably realize that Chris made this prediction, I think, in 2011 and 2012. So Lauren was carrying on the tech stuff tradition.
4: And rumors, uh, you know, r- rumors from, from macrumors.com say that, that we could, we could totally expect one in t- 2015.
0: Yeah, at the earliest, 2015 or 2016.
4: Um, so uh, I think that this rumor tradition continues on. Uh, we'll real- find
0: out if one of us predicts that 2014 <laughs> will really be the year. Gosh, darn it.
4: Really, my only note for this one is just F.
0: <laughs> yeah, and this that's one, all I had to say about you it. You get an apple that's got a little squid in it for this oh, one. Oh,
4: I don't want, that's, squid can't
0: live in apples. I know. I'm very concerned. It's because your prediction was so awful, Lauren. You've got a dead squid in an apple. Sorry, it's the way it works. Running a business is no cakewalk. All right, so I have a uh, electronic publishing will completely overtake traditional publishing in sales. Uh nope. <laughs> trends trends at the end of 2012 made it look that way, but again, this is where that deceptive number comes in, right? Where you have a relatively small number increasing, that means the percentage of increase is huge. But eventually those numbers get bigger and that percentage starts to shrink because it starts to reflect that, you know, maybe in reality this isn't, this isn't something that's a replacement.
4: Growth industry, right. Uh, Similar to tablets, it's, they're kind of evening out, really. Yeah,
0: we started to see it, I mean, seriously plateau. It started plateauing big time in 2012 and really plateaued in 2013. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that there's not a lot of of e-publishing going on or electronic book sales. There are certainly plenty, Mm -hmm. but it is not, it has not overtaken traditional publishing. Um, Amazon reports that sales of its e-readers have hit record numbers in 2013. That's not a big surprise, but traditional books are still sold more than e-books in the grand scheme of things. And so, uh,
4: according to some reports, a couple different sectors of publishing uh, of, of physical books actually went up at a couple points during the year. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So this one was a total miss on my part. And this one, apparently I get a book about squids where every page that had the name word squid on it has been ripped out. There are there's a dedication page and a copyright page left. Well, OK. All right, Lauren, your turn.
4: <laughs> uh, my next prediction was that this would be a um, record year for people going out and getting their their genes sequenced. Yeah. Um, and that there would also be a big move to digital health records. Um and this interesting
0: news on this one
4: all right so yeah this this was so so basically i could not have predicted that uh, here in the u.s anyway that the whole uh, affordable care act could could have been as much of a mess as it really was yeah. and caused as much of a mess in the industry yeah um and and again i was being pretty optimistic about stuff i, I do think that overall you know the the trends are are looking good for both of those things. Right. But, but just this some was
0: specifics are n- some rough parts,
4: not the year that they were really implemented. Well,
0: to, to be fair, 23 uh, and Me, which was a leading company that did this genetic sequencing here in the U.S., had more than 400,000 customers, which shows that this was a record year. That's one of the things you said. It was going to be a record year. That was true. But then the U.S. Food and Drug Administration kind of uh put the brakes oh, the, on twenty three and me.
4: The the thing is is there's a lot of legislature that hasn't really caught up to this technology yet because oh okay, so so the first human gene sequencing um took like fifteen years and three billion dollars. Yeah. Um, we're at a point right now where we can do it in a few days for three thousand. Yeah. Um which is incredible and amazing and there's a push to get it even lower and that's wonderful and magical. Mm-hmm. However, legislature is still going like so if you're recommending these this genetic sequencing as medical advice Um,
0: That falls under our purview
4: and we need to regulate that. And and... that means
0: that every single gene you're testing has to be has to be uh, approved through us. And there's an expensive uh, process for that, which means that it turns any kind of consumer level genetic sequencing uh, completely impractical.
4: Right. And furthermore, like we've talked about in our genetics episodes, genes are tricky things. They do. They do more than one thing at once. And. Uh, It's really difficult to label one in many cases as being like, this gene causes that thing.
0: And on top of that, the... The FDA has a couple of of arguments that I think are pretty valuable. Things like, you know, you don't want to give people a message that will end up having them mishandle their medication oh, and therefore sure. suffer some sort of toxic effects because they, and it may not even be the direct fault of the genetic sequencing company. It may be that the, con- the consumer is misinterpreting the results. The point that the FDA was making is that this is something that uh, that a a medical professional needs to handle and be able to communicate to the person so that they can make use of that information. It's too much information without enough expertise. Sure. So, uh, but but it still was a record year. It was just one of those things where the law began to try and catch up to the technology. So I I think you got um, I think you get at least a half point on that. And uh, what, what
4: what does that equal out to in squid?
0: Squid with five tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, square with five tentacles. We call him lefty. Aww. Yeah. They're all the left tentacle. Oh. I don't know how that works, personally. I don't get us, I mean, the, whatever. I I'm not love, gonna.
3: I will
4: love him just the same.
0: <laughs> you call, name him George. Alright, so uh, my next one was that Zynga, the Zynga board of directors would attempt to purchase the company back and turn it into a private corporation. Now, this was based on some rumors that were circulating at the end of 2012. Mark Pincus, who was the former CEO of Zynga, was rumored to be talking about it. He had hinted at the prospect of getting the board of directors to buy up enough shares of Zynga to make it go back into being a private company and said that a lot of the problems of the company – were due to shareholder expectations and requirements. And that if it were a private company, it could operate however it needed to in order to make to to do business. Uh, Zynga, of course, is the game company that's behind a bunch of those social media games that were really popular on things like Facebook.
4: Mm, uh, From things like World Words with Friends to um Farmville and all that kind of stuff. mm
0: -hmm. So Zynga um did not Try and purchase the, the, uh, the shares back to become a private company. That did not happen. What did happen was that, uh, instead Mark Pincus essentially fired himself and then hired Don Matrick as the new CEO. If you're not familiar with Matrick, he was the former head of Microsoft's Xbox division. In fact, news broke today that one of Matrick's, uh, Uh, moves in the Xbox division has been undone. He, he established a, uh, an Xbox division in London called, uh, Xbox Victoria. And that has just been shut down. So all Uh. the, all the developers in that particular, uh, Officer now looking for work. Ouch. So, um, uh, and
4: what he did over at Zynga was basically clean house.
0: Yeah, he fired a whole bunch of people uh, and started to restructure the company. So it's remained publicly traded, uh, but it is a very different organization now. However, because I said that as the Zynga board would attempt to purchase the company back, technically my prediction was wrong. And uh, I get an octopus wearing a squid costume. So there's these two extremely fake tentacles hanging down from it.
4: I don't know. That sounds I would watch an Internet video about that.
0: Of an octopus posing as a squid. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I bet there's a whole cartoon series.
4: Speaking, of, if not, I want one of you guys more than I can even express. I might I might really enjoy cephalopods. And I, I think that someone should make that happen. Oh, um,
0: I think I think Aaron's got a new job to do. Yes.
4: <laughs> um, we, we love you, Photoshoppers. My next prediction had to do with the internet. Uh, I, it, it was a, it was a non-prediction really. It, I, I said that nothing of note would happen with HTML5.
0: Yeah. HTML5, of course, is supposed to be the big uh, replacement for HTML4, which is what uh, a lot of the web's based on. A mm-hmm. lot of a lot of sites have ma- made the move over to HTML5. But as it turns out, it's had some problems. like it, it just it's not working quite to the level that we were expecting. Like it was supposed to replace a lot of the need for all those plugins that HTML4 requires if you want to have a rich web experience, right? Mm -hmm. So like anything like a Flash player, you have to have Flash installed for you to be able to watch that. And the idea is that with HTML5, all those kind of features would be natively supported. Everything would
4: be integrated. And so you wouldn't have a single app crashing. But as it turns out, just, just the whole code is not really coming together. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, similar to, What we were talking about with Windows 8, you know, just people aren't willing to adopt something if they don't know it's going to work.
0: Right. A lot of developers who are making apps do not have not been making apps for HTML5 because they just felt that it wasn't doing what they needed it to do. Like the the results they were getting were not satisfactory. So they had to go back to developing apps for older legacy style platforms like Flash. Yeah. Because if they tried it for HTML5, it just wasn't doing what they needed. It wasn't a smooth transition.
4: Yeah. So uh, I was on the
0: money for this one. Yeah. So you get a squid smoothie. It's, oh. It's extra smooth. Oh, it's not. It's not made of squid. It was made by a squid.
4: Oh. Yeah. Oh well, that's great.
0: It says so on this little uh, this little card that came with it.
4: I think it's important to support our squid employees.
0: Yes. Uh, uh, high ten, I guess, because they they've got ten tentacles.
4: I think two of them are technically arms.
0: Are they? So I'm not sure. Have you armed your squid? Okay, I'm moving on before I get shot by a squid. I've got two more. Uh, that was the rat last of Lauren's. Uh, yes. I think, I think this next one, what we should do is just come up with a specific number of predictions we'll each make and that way it'll even out for next year. Cause I've never done that. And you would think that after like five years of predictions, I would have said, Hey, let's each make five. <laughs> you would, you would think. Uh, but anyway, my next one is that um, manufacturers will attempt to build and market devices specifically to serve as a second screen. I'm right for the wrong reason. <laughs> I was when I said this, what I was thinking was that a company would make something like a, a mobile handheld device, like a tablet or a smartphone or something along those lines. And specifically say this is so that you can see more information as you watch stuff that's on your TV. So in other words, the second screen part would literally be the second screen. The thing you're right. Holding.
4: It, that would be the entire purpose of the device.
0: Right. And as it turns out, there are a lot of second screen devices that have entered the market. Things like Google Chromecast or uh, the Netgear has the push to TV uh, set. And there are a lot of other ones, too. They're designed to stream content from your computer to the television. So you have a second screen in the sense that the TV becomes your second screen. That becomes your display And then you can use your computer Mm -hmm. to do whatever else you want to do. But that's not how I envisioned it. No. So it's interesting that what I had predicted came to pass, but in a totally different implementation than what I expected. And apparently I get a, uh, I get an inside out squid. Oh. Oh man. Oh, that is all over that keyboard. Well, luckily I've already scrolled down to the bottom here. Ew. Okay. I said, um, We'll see the peak and then decline of crowdfunding in 2013 as people get burned out on it. Um, here's the thing, guys. Reliable st- statistics on crowdfunding just don't exist. I can't find a truly reliable, unbiased source. Every source I could find was one that was like, this brought to you by crowdfunding. <laughs> Wait a minute. You, yeah. you have a clear conflict of interest in this however just based on what i've personally observed it does not look like this is slowing down at all
4: no no i i think that you know of course there's still some projects that don't get funded and i think that some people are in fact getting getting burnt out on spending all of the money on every single new project that comes up but i'd I'd say that if anything there are more more awesome projects out there than there were in. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, it, for me, like all the evidence is anecdotal. uh But that being said, I have certainly supported more campaigns, crowdfunding campaigns this year than I have ever done before.
4: I essentially about about once every couple months have to tell myself to get off of the internet before I spend all of my money on all of my money on Kickstarter art.
0: Yeah. So apparently, according to since I got that one totally wrong, I don't get a squid. I get a. Quid, so I get a, a squid without the S, which is one pound sterling, but I'm taxed on it. Ugh! All right, well, I still guess still
4: not as gross as the inside-out thing.
0: No, but I, I guess I deserve being taxed for such a wrong prediction. Well, there we go. That wraps up our predictions uh, roundup and and how things turned out. So uh, I guess we're gonna have to. Somehow carry all these squid back, uh, to our desks. Uh, maybe we'll just leave them here for stuff to blow your mind. I mean, they'll be coming in here before too long. Squid party. Squid party. Um, yeah, Uh, I'm going to take my quid though. I got to have this English pound. All right. So, uh, yeah, that wraps it up. I think uh, it was a kind of fun one. We're going to try and see what sort of crazy predictions will come up. I think we will try and uh, limit it to maybe five predictions per person with maybe a couple of extra just in case one of us predicts the same thing as the other one. So that way we've got some, uh, wiggle room. Yeah. But n- nothing on the lines of what we've done this time, because this is just ridiculous people. I mean, I can only be so wrong for so long.
4: Yeah. And, and this is, I mean, I mean, no matter what the system is of ranking next year, I, I clearly have way too many squid at
0: yeah. this point. Well, so. I, I'm sure, I mean, there, there's one thing that's consistent with our predictions episode, which is that the scoring is completely inconsistent. So I wouldn't worry too much cuz by next year i will have completely forgotten about the squid thing so it'll be some other ridiculous level of uh, of of grading so anyway guys uh, if you have any predictions for 2014 lauren and i will be making those very soon so you'll you'll hear that episode before the end of the year probably or if not at the end of the year, at the very beginning of next year, Right. Um, if you have any predictions that you want to make, we can even have a small section set aside for listener predictions. Oh, that
4: would be great. Yeah, so, yeah, send those in.
0: Alright, listeners, if you have a prediction for 2014, something that you believe is going to happen in the year and it's related to tech, let us know. It could be a, a conservative guess, it can be a wild estimate, let us know. Send us a message. Our email address is at discovery.com, or if you want to let us know on Facebook, Twitter, or Tumblr. We, you can find us there. Our handle is techstuffhsw. So put your prognosticator hats on and let us know. And I predict that Lauren and I will talk to you again really soon.
3: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Zumo Play.